an actor, nerd. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Yeah. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Better shake your booties for black girl nerds. Thanks for tuning in to this BGN Podcast Extra featuring actor Javicia Leslie, and this episode is hosted by Ryan. We're pleased to present to you this extra because we are fans of the series Batwoman, and we are huge fans of actor Javicia Leslie. She makes her appearance tonight as Batwoman on the CW series The Flash, which airs tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on the CW Network. And we want to take this opportunity to have you listen to Javizia Leslie talk about her role as Batwoman and just talk about who she is as a person. Javizia Leslie is more than just Batwoman. She's an actress, a visionary, a philanthropist, and committed to making her mark in the world. She's best known for her reign over Gotham City as Ryan Wilder in DC's Batwoman. Her casting has made global history as the first bisexual black actress to play Batwoman. Since her debut in 2019, she's quickly become recognized as one of young Hollywood's most heralded stars and was featured on the Hollywood Reporter's highly coveted Next Big Thing list. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast featuring actor Javizia Leslie and hosted by Ryan. Welcome to the Black Gunners Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And by the time you hear this episode, it's International Women's Day. And I can't think of a better guest to have on the show because the women she's portrayed are always so multi-layered. You know, they're powerful, they're intriguing. They can have this cool vibe like a Karina or a Sophia. By the way, hope you checked out something from Tiffany's. And they also have this other side to them. Like, you remember back in the day, like Killer Coach, Paris, enough said. And then she had to show Gotham who run the streets, right? But she's also leveled up again, right? Where now I just kind of want to know if there's an application for me to be in the Rogue Boot Camp. I'm talking about the one, the only actor, Javicia Leslie. How you doing, Javicia? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for joining me. Um, Did you know that people were going to be wanting applications to be in the Rogue Boot Camp? Because you played this character. (laughs) No, I did not know that. Because it's so, I before, but actually before we get into that, though, before we get into the villainy of it all, because I, I got to chat about like why I'm rooting for a villain right now in this final season of The Flash. But there's this striking <laughs> photo of you. Um, You have like this red wrap on your head. You're wearing like a red dress. You're by the water. And it kind of looks like you're part of like some kind of secret, um, you know, women's <laughs> society where you get, you about to lay down, like you about to give the hero like their, their backstory, right? And it, and it caught my attention. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got to ask her about this photo. What's the story behind this photo? It is exactly what you said. I did a program or more so a rites of passage called Sacred Woman led by Queen Afua. And really what it is, is a lot of us as Black people, but especially Black women being here in America, we don't know our roots. We don't know our our sacred healing, our ancestral healing. And so this program, this 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 community has taught me so much about myself and about my um, ancestors and really about how I can heal myself and my family and the people I love. Yeah, that that's dope. Like that picture is fire. I thought it was a new role. I was like, let's go. 
<laughs> that would be fun, definitely. Maybe I should just write that. Right? Yeah. But speaking of fun, though, Rick definitely like she had fun. I mean, we know with some things going on where it's like we understand why she, you know, something didn't go quite right. Like a couple things definitely. aren't quite all together. But was this fun? She's a bit was this unhinged. a fun role for you? Yeah, right. She's a bit oh. unhinged. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think that the, um, you know, they told me just to go there. They said, go there. And I'm like, what do you mean go there? Go there, you know, like lose it. And so just kind of giving myself the freedom to not have control over what happens and respond to the environment and respond to um, my history as as a as a person who um, I'm looking for justice and I can't find justice. So the only way I know to do justice is to take control of everything. And so when I sit in that world and I make that my my, you know, I make that real for me. That was my response to everything going on. And so it's been a lot of fun. And we got to talk about the black girl magic, right? Because there's just some things I feel like as a black actress, you got to be like, mm, I nailed it. Let's just go ahead and call it a wrap. We're done. Um, first of all, let's talk about the hair. Because, <laughs> and we got to shout out uh, Miss Candace Patton, who's been holding down this Irish West Allen with the, she put the bonnet on, like the satin bonnet at, on the very first episode. And I was like, thank God they asked stuff like that in because we all know the hair gets matted and it gets tangled when you got to mm -hmm. lay down. But you can still mm -hmm. get butt with a satin bottom. I'm just saying. But sometimes they don't add that in. But then though, you can get butt. You can get you can butt, but please don't wear. You can get buck, but please do not wear them to the airport. That's where it ends. Don't wear. Yes, don't wear them to the airport. A lot of people do try to wear them to like you know the Walmart, the Target. No, I mean that's a stretch. Stretching. Yeah. The the satin bonnet ends at home okay ladies do not wear the satin <laughs> bonnet to the airport i don't care if you're going to miami for spring break and you don't want to mess up your hair that ain't got nothing to do with nothing once you step out of that <laughs> house the satin bonnet stays at home or goes in your suitcase but it does not step outside to walmart or target or the airport <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my mom my mom was always like why are they wearing that satin bonnet out and you know, it's right. like, now, yeah, listen, you have to keep it in the, in the house, in the house. Keep it in the house or keep it in the car. Like, I don't have a problem with like, if you dropping your kids off at school and you in the car and you ain't take off your bonnet yet, who cares? But the moment you go to the airport, it's the airport that gets me. Everything else, okay. I can figure it out. But it's yeah. the airport that gets me because I have seen it too many times. Do not go to the airport with your satin bonnet on. I had not even thought about it. Now I'm going to be at the airport looking. Okay, look, let's just come to the agreement. Oh, you won't keep your hairstyle straight. Just use it for to keep your hairstyle on point. <laughs> that is hilarious. It, okay, listen, look, I'm getting all sidetracked, but the bonnet is important, though. I'm just saying. But Red Death, though, listen, the streak. Whose idea was the streak? And then you got lightning. So are we actually like foreshadowing to another universe? I'm just putting that out there. It is another universe, but um, the the streak is a on production side. That was that was on Eric and his oh, storytelling. Okay, he could okay. probably be the best to answer that. Yeah. Okay. Well, it I love it was badass. But I, I was, was like, here for it. Okay. I have fun. Okay. And then Ryan I have got fun. to keep when it I as didn't... well. Go ahead. Yeah, and so when I wasn't working, but I still had to have it in. I was like, okay, well, let's just make this happen. But I couldn't post anything with it, so I just stayed off of Instagram. Yeah, you got a yeah, you got a lot of fans and stuff on Instagram, but you can't post it all. I was like, boy, when they when when they revealed the helmet, that is like a meme moment now. When you take off the helmet and mm -hmm. the streak is revealed, the other meme moment is the Avengers line. 
and the faces, the faces that Red Death is making, it's almost like she's mocking you, right? Like she's so she's so out there and she's so ready that it's like she was mocking the Flash and like all the people that were trying to come after her direct. And I'm wondering, like, do you did you have like your Issa Rae mirror moment, right? Where you like stand in the mirror, you practice the faces, you practice the lines. No, I think once they gave me freedom to do what I wanted, then I just felt like, all right, she's a person that could care less about all of this superhero stuff. Once she changes into a villain, like mm -hmm. she's just like to her. I don't care. Like to her, that's whatever. You don't why why why. And so <laughs> I didn't even like it wasn't written in the script. It wasn't told for me to do it. It was just more so like I heard him talking and I just was like, what? <laughs> and so <laughs> it's just my reaction when I it wasn't my Javisky's reaction. It was when I become Red Death, and it was Red Death's reaction when um when she heard him whining, really, because that's how she looked at it. Like, oh, here he goes, you know. Um, she just doesn't care. She doesn't care about any of that. Like all of that, she cared less about. And it was funny to me in the moment, but I did not think they were going to keep that. And not only did I not think they were going to keep it, I didn't think they were going to edit and go back to it. So <laughs> I was shocked when I saw that. Yeah, that was, that was, a, that's a fire. I'm like, every, I could just see people now sending that in their like text. When you like, oh, boo -hoo, <laughs> and then just put like the little the little meme of you making that face. But yeah, she is just it's she is in the moment and she is not here for anybody questioning her world domination. And I love it. <laughs> so okay, yeah, we gotta talk about Yeah, right. And what about her rogue team though? We gotta talk about this, right? We got Murmur, we got Chill Blaine, um, Captain Boomerang, Fiddler. This is like this is some gangster team. And I'm like, is she actually in control of these? Or are they like I, okay, we just kind of ride with her for a little bit because we scared. But are she? But is she actually in control of him? Is what I like. Do you think Red Death is actually controlling this thing? I I think not in a way where it's like she's done some superpower to control them. I think they they like being villains, and because we all like being villains, every villain likes a villain leader. You know what mm. I mean? And um, they all were like the lead villain of their time, but then they meet Red Death, who's like the epic lead villain. And so they're like, cool, let's do what the lead villain says. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like the, 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 um, the scar, um, concept where when, when Mufasa dies and he are to convince the, the, to convince the hyenas to kill Mufasa, it's like, well, if you kill him, then we will all lead, you know, Pride Rock and mm -hmm. you will never go hungry again. So it's like, that's the idea of like with Red Death as well. It's like, if you work with me, you will always have what you want. You will always have access to what you want. You just became my favorite again because you just called the Lion King. I was like, no, she did not go with the Lion <laughs> King, but I love it. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about the stunts, right? Because you're dope, because I know you like to get into the stunts as much as they'll let you do, because we know we got contracts and everything. Um, with Batwoman, I know it was like the you got to do a lot of the fighting with like the uh, Muay Thai kind of fight style, right? What did you have to do for Red Death? Uh, for Red Death, no, I really didn't have to necessarily do anything um, because we 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 did the fight routine. We we rehearsed it. Um, mm. I think one of the biggest things that we felt was that what did we say that was unique for Red Death? Um, is it did she have to do the flash that she brute, I, I think it was that she was brute force that was the brute most force, important okay. thing versus like um that woman is a little bit more like she moves a little bit more smoothly and she moves a little mm -hmm. bit more like almost like a dance versus when you see 
uh, Red Red Death fight, it's very like, very much like hard kicks and she's just a lot more brutal, you know? And mm -hmm. so that's what we were kind of trying to lean into with that one. Now, as far as like having to add in the effects of the lightning, did you have to learn how to do the slide? Because we've seen Grant do those that slide like a million times as a flash. Is that something you had to learn? Uh, I, 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 they just told me, just look like you're about to leave. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> that's pretty but funny. See, that's Listen, look like you're about to leave. Go. Yeah, that's the thing. They've been doing this for so long. Um, they've been doing this for so long that when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to <clears throat> excuse me when it comes to new villains and especially a mm -hmm. speedster I think they forget that we don't know how to do it so <laughs> I did have to ask some questions like okay how do I speed out of here and they're like okay well you know that's when they explained to me just look like you about to leave <laughs> <laughs> now there this scene though nobody wanted to leave like I guarantee everybody was on the edge of their seats you know us going into this this fifth episode coming up here um, we got to see Ryan with the streak. So it's not really fully her, but the acting that you did, I was like, okay, she's back. You know, maybe she's realizing it's okay. And then we <laughs> get the scene where it's like Ryan and it's Iris. And I was like, oh, damn. Because it was like yeah. the way you guys were playing this scene back and forth, right? There was yeah. this, you guys look like you were having fun. And I'm just curious of like, whatever you want to tell us behind the scenes, how you guys kind of uh, worked on this. But it looked like there was this, this push it was like you know Candace was like okay I'm gonna do this and then you were like all right well how about this that's what the scene felt like us kind of viewing it yeah definitely it was really fun being able to play with that as well because um obviously we know that going in but we gotta find it organically while we're while we're working and it's with Candace and I when we know the beginning middle and end it's a little easier because we can balance each other so that way we can take the journey with the audience and not just jump to the end since we know the end Mm -hmm. And what about like I guess the the part at the end when she pulled out the gun? I kind of think that like other Javisa because the timeline thing always gets me. I'm like, wait, there's too many timelines in the Flash just going on. <laughs> but it looked like maybe the gun that she gave her before because she said um if a certain lady in red ever came back that Luke created it for her. So you know it it might be pulling a little bit too much. Maybe it's not from that timeline. But when she pulled out the gun, I was like, okay, so so what they got happening here? And then you pull out the pose, you pull out the super villain pose where the suit comes to you. And I was like, everybody needs this scene. Like, what did that, what was that like? <laughs> well, first of all, I think there was some foreshadowing from the last time I played on The Flash, which just shows the greatness and, and, and the epicness of Eric Eric's mind. Um, because he, one, we already knew that I would always come back, but we didn't know that the show would be ending. So... Mm. For him to still follow through and bring the lady in red, you know, um, into fruition in this kind of way. And that that gun, whether it be the same gun that Ryan gave her, which obviously it technically isn't because they're in two different time, you know, timelines. But mm -hmm. it's just like whatever's meant to happen is going to happen. Right. So the idea is right. that no matter what timeline you're in, don't Barry and Iris always end up together. So no matter what timeline they're in, you know, Iris was going to get that gun and have that gun when she needed it. And it just so happens that it's foreshadowed when in last season, when uh, Ryan says, if the certain lady in red comes back around, you got something to defend yourself, not knowing that it would be done like this or handled like this. Um, and so 
that was really dope. I love foreshadowing. I love being able to play it out. But the second thing, as far as putting the suit on, mm. um, I, I at first was really confused by how they were going to do it. Then once they said it, then I was like, okay, let's do it. And, and we it took <laughs> a lot of tries because that's one take, but it was so much fun. No, that wasn't one take. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. It doesn't cut. Like when, when the suit's coming on, it's the camera. They had to build a circular track to circle me. Mm. And as they're circling me, the suit comes on. Obviously, that's done in post. But yeah. I mean, if I had to like ever answer like something virtually and they had to do an introduction to me, I would have that moment. I was like, right? I was like epic. what? I was like, the way it came across the town was just, it was epic to kind of see that, to come on it there for the epic. fans. Um, and you know, speaking of the, mm -hmm. the fans, you know, you got Save Batwoman, right? I saw the VCR Army. What I'm curious for you though, <laughs> when you put on the cow, right? When you put on the red, the uh, the bat suit or the red death outfit, what do you like? What goes in your mind? What does it feel like for you? Um, it feels like I'm getting ready to go play make believe and have a good time doing it. I feel like a big kid, and oh, it's just like this isn't. This is one part of my journey, and it's so fun to be able to tell these stories. I feel like a kid. I feel like like I'm playing dress up, and that, but I believe it. And if you think about it, kids believe it. When mm -hmm. a kid puts a superhero suit on, you cannot tell me that kid doesn't think he's Batman. And so it's the same exact thing. You just have to believe it. And when you believe it, it, it becomes true. And then you get to play in the world fearlessly. And that's what I do with both of those shows, and I have so much fun doing it. Well, thank you for bringing out the little kid in us because we have way too much fun when we get to see you put on any one of these suits, which is just <laughs> uh, the treat to see that again. And, you know, we're, we're foreshadowing to hopefully see that in the future again. And by the way, you guys, if you for the Bat uh, Woman fans out there, you can still watch it on HBO Max. I'm just saying. You can go out there, yeah, still there. And, and still check it out. Yeah, still there on HBO Max. Um, Speaking, though, of foreshadowing things you're doing in the future, congratulations on HPI. For, uh, for the, the remake you. on HBC, that's that is so cool. I was like, all right, she's staying busy. She don't sit down. She don't rest. She's ready to go. <laughs> no, we got to keep playing. <laughs> and then you have a short film or pre-production, right? Yeah, well, yeah, we're in post-production now. Oh, post-production so now? So we're in editing. Yeah. How's that mm -hmm. going, being on yeah, the producer really side? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's just stressful. <laughs> Well, look, well, we gonna get through it. it yeah, I feel like I feel like you got this. You got it. I mean, come on now. You don't play. Yeah. You got bad woman and red death. So you know, you already you already hit one <laughs> challenge. So I got you. I think you keep it going. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotta ask you though before we wrap, how's the furberry uh, Judah doing? You ain't just hear him bark. We're in the hotel. Is that was that what that was? Outside. I was thinking that's what it was. I was like, I didn't hear it in the back. It's, I was like, that might have been Judah in the background. And it's funny because. He never barked. And then my mom had him for three months. And now he barks because that's his way of protecting us. So I let him do his thing. I think it's adorable. Listen, that's a smart dog right there. Because, I, you know, hopefully, I don't know if everybody else took tips seeing, seeing him on Instagram. You know, you have to give your dogs a treat when you go take them for a walk. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I think that he that's how he knows it. So nothing else makes sense outside of that. <laughs> Javisi, I appreciate you. You are so much fun to watch. And I love just how multifaceted you make these black women that you play are. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This is beautiful. I appreciate it. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. 
The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.